Who goes there? Tis I, the rustler. You're sitting by the fire. Its glow illuminates only a small dome around you. Mm, but said dome. <laughs> in the black, where the light does not go, you see the faint illumination of eyes staring back at you. <gasps> the Babadook. You grab a branch of firewood and wave it in the direction of those shining white eyes. Yeah, back, yeah. <laughs> Must be time for another episode of High Mystery, Whoa. the podcast with That's us. us. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds bold. Yeah, it's yeah. a podcast where we smoke weed, we talk about mysteries. I'm Robert. I'm Colin. I'm Tristan. Today, I packed a blunt. I don't know what kind of weed's in it. We'll say that, uh, what was that, Lime 91? Oh, okay. <laughs> you said that you were down with the Lime 91. We are. I don't know what's in here. I'm sorry. <laughs> 17% THC, maybe. Okay. There we go. I'll, <laughs> I'll buy it. I've got my Pineapple Express high hemp wrap. Inside is some of that Convict uh, stuff. Mm. Uh, I don't remember the brand because it's four letters. It's like H-O-T-C or something like that. But... They gave, uh, in the Nug Club box, they gave a free eighth of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, that's in there. I don't know what strain it is or anything like that. <laughs> Sorry, Gene. Yep. Don't worry. We're, we're well repaired, uh, prepared for the mystery. Well, I got you guys. It's just fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw some numbers off. Tristan sure. knows his THC percentage. He did his homework. <laughs> yes, I took a picture of the package. <laughs> uh, so I'm on the last joint of the four pack of the Her Highness. Okay. Um, it's got that Silver Mountain. That's the weed. And it's got Gelato Keef. Mm. Uh, so it's got a THC percentage of 25.52 with a 0.1% sebde. Oh, sebde. 0.1. <laughs> that is CBD for, for those, <laughs> those for who love. speak uh, proper. Yeah, for those that aren't <laughs> initiated. <laughs> First time listeners. Yeah, right. <laughs> Go back to episode, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm still stuck on Rob's whimsical introduction. Right, because we know it has nothing to do with his actual mystery. Right, like not, a, know, not a thingy dingy. I know this is part two of... The JFK. I mean, I gotta figure, but yeah. I, I, I want to know more about the Babadook and the... He never said... You said Babadook. I know. Yeah. It could just that's a mystery in and of itself. Exactly. <laughs> Although, I will say it was far more whimsical and... Like, really stepping up your intro game is basically what I'm saying. Like, yeah. compared to normal Rob Thank intros, Thank you. this uh, one was was nice. I tend to remember one that was like, hi, you're in my bedroom and it's time for High Mystery. That was legitimately <laughs> the first one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but that was also legitimately fact. It was. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I'm not saying I didn't like it, but you took me to a different place yes, today. Yes. I agree. So we gotta touch these babies together. Yeah, we do. It wouldn't be high mystery without a little tip touching. And I'm lighting off my raw hemp wick. Keep a little butane out of my life. <sighs> Guys, are you ready? Are you ready to talk about JFK? I mean, like, like I said, if we're talking about how 
Fucking the CIA killed him because he was uh, talking about the New World Order, which they see really are part of. Let's do it. <laughs> well, we'll talk. We'll, we'll mention stuff. We'll I mention f- stuff. I feel like the way you asked me that was like the same way you'd ask me if I was ready to go out into a blizzard. To save, <laughs> to save someone's life. Well, you guys... It has You're to be all done. good. You're good men. <laughs> I respect each and every one of you. Let's let's look out for each other out there. Now let's talk about JFK. <laughs> yes, we're the front of the line, but it doesn't necessarily mean 100% equivocally we're going to die. Uh-huh. But also... We are the front of the line. <laughs> okay. Well, in the first part of the series, we examined who JFK was, <laughs> the events that led to his assassination, mm-hmm. and the official aftermath and conclusion of events. Basically, typical history lesson. Yeah. What you'll yeah. find in normal society yeah. talking. Yeah. So yeah. He's basically Marilyn Monroe's boyfriend. Continue. Sure. Yeah, if you don't yeah, know that's all his that. only claim to fame. Yeah, that's that's that. Right. Right. <laughs> you got it in Maryland. If you know that, yeah. you know everything. You can go back and listen to that first part. But <laughs> for those that need to be caught up to speed, the Warren Report concluded that Lee Harvey Oswald shot Kennedy from the sixth floor of the book depository and that he acted alone. Seems open and shut, right? Seems, but... Well, <laughs> the first umbrage that people have with the Warren Report... Umbrage? Yes. Yeah, good word. Thank you. <laughs> it was his word of the day. It's in the calendar. It's a Harry Potter professor's word of the day. Yes. <laughs> Tomorrow's Flitwick. <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, the Warren Report isn't an independent investigation. What do you mean? So, you know... Uh, it doesn't happen outside of government. Well, normally an independent investigator, somebody outside the CIA, somebody outside the FBI, will go and investigate this thing. Like Steve does that? Like in the Mueller <laughs> report. Like it, like the Mueller report was an independent investigation. Yeah. He wasn't part of the scene. Government. Got you. So no. So the, basically what you're saying, this is an investigation done by the government, and usually... You're going to have some outside source also do an investigation? Well, or was it presented as a private? The, basically, the CIA and the FBI were allowed to investigate themselves. Uh, well, that's bullshit. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, yes. So the story <laughs> that we get in the Warren report is just a story, possibly a fabrication. I mean, 90% of fabrication. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just whatever they say. It's like, Hey, we we checked with our own guys. They tell us this happened. Right. So without any credible analysis of events, all we are left with is eyewitness accounts. We can't go off of the the Warren report from this point forward. Yeah. (laughs) So the first eyewitness reports is that of Oswald himself. Okay, he maintains his innocence, right? Yeah. He doesn't get a chance to go to trial and and put that on the right. You told me he didn't say anything other than I's not the guy. Pretty much. Yeah, Yeah. you're right, though. That is exactly all that he says pretty much. Yeah. And he's assassinated. Yeah, he was assassinated pretty much either the day after or the day after that of the assassination. Yeah. So many people believe that Oswald did not act alone and or was set up by outside forces as he himself claimed up to his death. So where's the conspiracy? 
I mean, he just laid it out pretty good. <laughs> it's not like I'm searching for the <laughs> <laughs> Well, as I mentioned in the first part of the series, there are several inconsistencies in the events of what happened. For one, the rifle police claimed they found was misidentified by police, only to be officially identified by FBI later as a rifle purchased by Oswald. Well, Which, they're doing this so-called self-investigating report or right. whatever. But we, we established last week that that made sense to us. Sure. Yeah. I mean, show me the two rifles back to back and let me tell you if I could tell the difference. Because if I could tell the difference, like, oh, look how obvious the difference is. Well, that on the screen is uh, the rifle that police identified. Uh, first, Deputy Sheriff Eugene Boone and Deputy Constable Seymour Weitzman both Boone initially... Boone Weitzman. <laughs> Classic bungler names. Uh, well... Classic they, cop name. They dish. Well, yeah, bunglers. <laughs> Get over here. Get Synonymous. over here, Weitzman. Yeah. <laughs> you too, Boone. Uh. Well, these guys initially identified the gun as a 7.65 German Mauser. That's that gun on the screen. Weitzman even signed an affidavit the following day describing the weapon as a Mauser. Deputy Sheriff Roger Craig claimed he saw 7.65 Mauser stamped on the barrel of the weapon. Oh. He's even gone on the record as saying, I felt then, and I still feel now, that the weapon was a 7.65 German Mauser. I was there. I saw it when it was first pulled from the hiding place. <laughs> and he's not alone in describing it as a Mauser. And this is a police officer in what state? Dallas. Dallas. So, like, we, I mean, not to be a stereotype, you know, I'm... Because with any general statement, there's going to be an exception to the few, but are you Texans say, love them guns. Yeah, are you, I thought you were going to say he's gigantic because everything's bigger. Uh, no, I was just going to say that they love guns, and Whoa. so they know their fucking guns, man. They're yeah, not like... How, how tall was this man? <laughs> was he eight feet? Well, I mean, he had the 10-gallon hat. <laughs> he he was, did drive a Cadillac, He right? was small by Texas standards, but still larger <laughs> than any other state individual. <laughs> he was the littlest giant, if you Got will. you. He's seven foot one. <laughs> yes. so. Okay, sure. So this mountain of a man. Yeah. <laughs> this beastly figure. Basically, he says, I'm 100% sure you can't change my mind about this he's, gun. He's that's, saw, pretty, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, he saw 7.65 Mauser. That's how he identified it. Yeah. The second is the agreed-upon rifle used by Oswald was a notoriously inaccurate rifle that it would have been nothing short of a miracle for him to have hit a moving target twice at that range. So why would they want to identify the gun as a less accurate no, gun? No, they're saying that the, the gun that they are originally identifying is the less accurate one. And then no. they have, no? No, no. The gun what that- What I'm saying is accurate. The agreed upon gun, the one that they say, this is definitely what Oswald used. This is the official gun that's on the screen right there. You can oh, find it at the book. They have to because he or his like fake identity supposedly bought one. Exactly. So that's the only reason they have oh, to link it okay. to this gun. Exactly. Okay. So the shots fired lasted approximately 4.8 to 7 seconds. Assassination researchers, <clears throat> including Josiah Thompson and Anthony Summers, dispute the number of shots fired, the origin of the shots, and Oswald's ability to accurately fire the shots in such a short amount of time from such a rifle. Hmm. These researchers believe that multiple gunmen were involved 
at up to three locations, one being the book depository, the second being the grassy knoll, and the third being from the Dal Tex building. I'm just picturing all of this as a musical now. <laughs> JFK, the yeah. musical? I tell you folks, it all seems cut and dry, but there was something more on the grassy knoll, the grassy knoll. <laughs> there were multiple shooters on the grassy, grassy knoll. Bang, bang. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that show will ever happen. No, no. <laughs> it is, critics critics are calling made. it the antithesis of Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> so third, and kind of an obvious one, is the expediency in which Oswald was arrested and subsequently killed. It was awfully convenient for, you know, any uh, information to get come out of him. It almost seems orchestrated, really, when you think about it. Guy was arrested just, like, an hour after JFK was assassinated. Well, that, and, like, they're saying, like, oh, yeah, this guy just happened to, on a whim to kill him. Like, he happened to have a gun. He happened to be at the right time at the right place. Right. Like. Yeah, it just seems a little too convenient for mm-hmm. anyone that wants to keep the I'll, truth hidden. I'll cop to the Jack Kelly. He's the guy who shoots him, right? Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby. I'll, ju- I'll cop to the Jack Ruby thing being pretty weird and like, whoa. But the cops finding someone who shot the president within an hour. But not anywhere is, near it is in not, a movie theater. Is not surprising <laughs> to me at all. At all. He's immediately the highest profile person in the country. Sure. Immediately. Shops at home, off duty, are suiting up and coming out to find that dude. The sure. technology is also like not as good as it is now. Like they can't be like, oh, he's signatures in this building, like fly using the satellite. It's imagery. from eyewitness. Yeah, we don't even have a picture or a positive ID. We just have he looked like a white man, right? Essentially, <laughs> and they're like a skinny white guy, yeah. brown well, hair. Yeah, he I changed remember, his clothes too. He doesn't even. He wasn't even. I remember the last time you said that he got identified by a guy on the street who said yeah. we're acting weird. Or exactly. Something. Exactly. So that's all they needed. Sure. You know? It could have been anybody. Yeah. It could have just been yeah. a drunk guy stumbling around. It could have been, but it happened to be Lee Harvey Oswald. Sure. Yeah. That's true. And I will say again, his mugshot <laughs> does not do him any favors. Yeah, such like a smug little douche. Like, uh, why are you so smug if you innocent? Anyway, okay, so it is weird that he got killed before he could do any kind of testimony and stuff like that. Well, and the fourth reason why people have umbrage is that the arm- we have umbrage, <laughs> the umbrage brigade. <laughs> was that the army destroyed records on a man matching Oswald's alias after Kennedy's assassination and before the FBI could review them. And also, wasn't there, like, a guy in the military or associated with the military who, like, had that ID? Exactly. This is what he was saying. Oh, that's this guy. Yeah. Oswald said from the beginning he was a patsy. But was there any evidence to that? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Actually, quite a lot of evidence. Really? There's evidence to suggest that Oswald's pro-communist behavior was, in fact, orchestrated <coughs> by U.S. intelligence to infiltrate left-wing groups and conduct counterintelligence operations in communist countries. So this was, like, later declassified? This, there's a lot of evidence to point to this after the fact, obviously. Okay. yeah. 
So but, wait, this is a theory that there is some evidence that is supporting. Yes. It's okay. not. I will. I mean, fact. I will get into the evidence supporting it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. But the idea also doesn't sit well with me that like, hey, you've been a great secret agent. Can you take one for the team? <laughs> <laughs> Have a hard time believing that. But just, too. just, but anyway, yeah, just before the assassination. Well, this is. Uh, They're always fucking over their agents. Right? Oh, you know, uh, what's it called? Collateral damage, bro. Sorry, you, you're yeah. burned. Fuck I you. I guess that's you true, too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, people are ready to, you know, die in war. This right, is you just signed up for war, this, right? brother. <laughs> Some have suggested that Oswald was either an agent or informant of the U.S. government and that Oswald may have been trying to expose the plot behind the assassination. I saw... Oh. This is going to be really random, and so I apologize. No, no, go on. I saw a TV show one time where they postulated that Lee Harvey Oswald was, like, from the future. Oh. And, like, he was sent back in time to be the Patsy. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's kind of like Stephen King's 112263. So in that or, sense, he is, like, yeah, an agent. Like, you know, it's, like, the mission or whatever, but then he doesn't know that he's going back to be set up as Lee Harvey Oswald. Mm. Was this the Umbrella Academy? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. It might have been Futterman. Okay. F- F- Featureman or whatever. Oh, Futureman. Um, right. Terminator. <laughs> Terminator's the problem you want to mention here. <laughs> so the Warren Report's investigation into Oswald's role as an FBI informant were inconclusive but several FBI employees made statements that Oswald was indeed <coughs> a paid informant. Mm. There's evidence to suggest that Oswald was an active agent of the CIA. One key piece of evidence was that he was able to defect to Russia and return to America without any difficulty. In fact, he even received a repatriation loan from the State Department. So they were like, all right, bro, we need you to be a double agent, go in there and infiltrate. And then they like use it against him later. Be like, right? see, use a fucking communist, bro. We got pictures of you shaking hands, hugging, rubbing tits with Putin. <laughs> That's the Who theory. Baby Putin. Baby Putin, yeah. <laughs> we have to believe that Lee Harvey Oswald is this uh, spy. Yeah, he I'm just could saying. Could have also just been interested in the Communist Party. But and... like, if he was a, if he wasn't a spy, if he really just defected to Russia, like, how is he just allowed to come back into the country? He is a veteran, right? Yeah, he's an ex-marine. But he gives up his status, goes to Russia, you know. So, and this is during you know the whole uh, Cold War, right? yeah, Cold War. But you know, like uh, the Communist Red Scare, where people are being like accused of being a communist and sure. you know the being blacklisted from Hollywood and shit Have like you seen that. Jim's mustache? <laughs> we better report him. <laughs> That's a commie mustache. He's also a Marine. He's been around the world. He's not as xenophobic as the rest of the country at the time. He understands that the international world is more similar than different, you know? Sure. So maybe it's not as crazy to him to have moved to Russia for a while or you know, and maybe mm-hmm. he did defect and then he wanted to come back and they're like, all right, we'll let you back, but we need some intel. And so it was like a yeah. trend of intel for I maybe mean, it's back in. Yeah, just like happenstance. Like, I I mean, I did go to a grocery store. I can tell you what happened there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So a former roommate of Oswald's, okay. James Bethello, who would later become a California judge, oh. stated in an interview that he believed that Oswald was involved in an intelligence assignment in Russia. Whoa. Oswald's mother insisted that her son was recruited by an agency of the U.S. government and sent to Russia. A New Orleans DA and later judge, Jim Garrison, who in 1967 brought Clay Shaw to trial for the assassination of President Kennedy, more on that trial later, <laughs> also held the opinion that Oswald was most likely a CIA agent drawn into the plot to be used as a scapegoat even going so far as to say that Oswald genuinely was probably a hero. See? And yeah, have you seen Jack Reacher or uh, any of those Mission movies? Impossible. Mission Impossible, the other one with... Uh, Jack Ryan? Another Jack? <laughs> I don't know, yeah. So. I just feel like they do that all the time. It's like as soon mm -hmm. as you've, you're no longer necessary... Or they figure out how to make you necessary or Sorry, usable. James. Or, yeah. You know too much. James Bond, <laughs> perfect example. Sure. Yeah. Huh? Senator Richard Schweiker, a member of the U.S. Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, remarked, everywhere you look with Oswald, there are fingerprints of intelligence, and believes that Oswald was the product of a fake defector program run by the CIA. Oh, fake defector program. That's a lot of people saying all the same stuff. Right? <laughs> and these aren't like, you know, Jim, my neighbor, said. Yeah. It's like California judge. Fucking I mean, Louisiana if I had any judge. faith in the judicial system, maybe that would mean something uh, to me. But sure, I'm but just I've saying they... i faith in the judicial system. <laughs> so judges, to me, are just uh, lawyers with the cape. I'm just saying they could uh, they can sign their name and they can pass a test is all I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> they're sure, they're I mean, learned yeah. fellers. Right. Well, yeah, I get what you're saying. You discount people who are illiterate. <laughs> yeah, that's not a human being to you. Uh, <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, I have a feeling that everybody is literate who listens to this podcast. <laughs> Unless they just yeah, hammered on a, on a computer Someone else could have and put found it on it. for them. And they yeah. just, Thank you, Tristan. Boom, oh, okay. yeah, just refresh the same page. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're not the ones subscribed to us because then they'd still have to read. You never know. Subscribe. This might be... They're end-all, be-all. They've got every episode on a Zoom. <laughs> Their cousin burned for them. I apologize. And if, you, if you're if you illiterate, you can write us, comment in the sky. <laughs> in the sky. <laughs> I mean, how would we know otherwise? Easy. They would just take their phone out. They'd be like, speech text. Yo, Rob, he's a bitch. Come at me. Send text. I'd be like, you spelled that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> What? I'm a beach? <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Richard Spragu, who is Spragu. Spragu. <laughs> Goes great with meatballs. <laughs> he was interim staff director and chief counsel to the U.S. House Select Committee on Assassinations. State. Wow. Right, it's a long name. I'm actually going to be saying that name. Several times. Can you like oh make Lord. it an acronym? Just like <laughs> I mean, there is one. I should. Uh, DSPAC? What was it, right? <laughs> the U.S. Select House Select Committee on Assassinations. So. Ushash? The U.S. HSCA. U.S. HSCA? Or just the HSCA. 
Jesus. Even right. as an acronym, it's hard. It's a, it's a lot of syllables. I, feel like I would say that 20 times to get ready for acting. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah, I need, I need to take a drink of water every time I say Forget it. about Sally and whatever that, <laughs> that sucker's selling down by the seashore. You just think about the oral dexterity, though. Yeah, no, absolutely. But <laughs> Rob's going to get a workout here. Yeah. He stated that if he had to do it over again, he would have investigated the Kennedy assassination by probing Oswald's ties to the CIA. Mm, in probing. Probing. You got to do mm. some probing to get some information. The aliens know that. <laughs> yeah, that's common practice. And they're far more intelligent. Yeah. I mean, unless Colin's right, and then they're just barely. <laughs> in 1978, Former CIA paymaster and accountant James Wilcott testified that Lee Harvey Oswald was a known agent of the CIA. It was known. Lastly, there are many eyewitness accounts that contradict the official report. Even the United States House Select Committee on Assassinations, which was formed after a Senate committee confirmed that the CIA purposefully withheld information from the Warren Commission, said the Warren Commission's investigation was seriously flawed and concluded that at least four shots were fired with a high probability from at least two gunmen. Boom. Multiple gunmen on the grassy knoll. There's multiple gunmen on the grassy knoll. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> Not one, but two. <laughs> um, and that's, you know, a government agency of sorts saying this. This is a U.S. government agency. <laughs> Calling themselves out, basically. Yeah, they're basically, they were tasked with investigating the, this after the Warren Commission was like, you guys were, it's all wrong. You, FBI can't investigate themselves. CIA can't investigate themselves. And so we found information. New... Yeah, the, the House Select Committee formed an independent investigation in 1978 because long enough. yeah, I mean, new information came to light, like uh, you know that they withheld information, and they're like, "Well, we got to do an actual investigation now." Mm. So, yeah. just after Oswald was shot dead by Ruby, FBI Director Herbert Hoover wrote a memo stating that the Dallas police would not have had enough evidence against Oswald to convict him without the information provided by the FBI. Top government and intelligence officials were also finding that, according to CIA intercepts, someone had impersonated Oswald in phone calls and visits made to Soviet, Soviet and Cuban embassies in Mexico City several weeks before the assassination. I mean, so you know they got to look alike. Right? I mean, why, why would somebody impersonate this nobody several weeks before the assassination. Quad. <laughs> um, over the next 40 years, this became one of the CIA's most closely guarded secrets on the Oswald case. Mm. A CIA career agency officer, Ann Goodpasture, admitted in sworn testimony that she had disseminated the tapes of these phone calls herself. So she wasn't like the best pasture. She was just like a good pasture. <laughs> good pasture. I mean... You're not getting grade A pasture. Yeah. 
She's a pastor? A good what? pastor. And good pastor. Oh, that's her last that's name. That's her last name. Oh, I was yeah. like, what the hell is a good pastor? <laughs> exactly. It's like not the best. It's not the best. It's a fine pastor. I got it. Don't be naysaying your pastor. It's, not, it's no enchanted glen or I mean, it's exactly. not terrible either. Though. Yeah, no, I know. Don't turn it down. It's, it's good. Not a, it's not a gorgeous meadow. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't going to paint a picture of this one. <laughs> so there were over a hundred ear witnesses in Dealey Plaza who ear went? Witnesses. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I like that word. People who heard bullet shots. Yeah. yeah, who went on the record with an opinion as to where they believed the shots were fired. All oh, right, because they didn't eyewitness <laughs> the sound. I did. Right. <laughs> so only fifty-one percent of the people believed that the shots exclusively came from the book depository. 32% believe they came from the grassy knoll and or the adjoining triple underpass. 9% believe the shots were fired from neither the knoll or the book depository. 5% believe they heard the shots coming from two locations, unsure where exactly they came from. And 3% thought that the shots came from both the knoll as well as the book depository. Oh. So let's take a look at that knoll. Dude. Let me see that knoll. <laughs> is it as good as a good pasture? I mean, it's a fine knoll. <laughs> is it a fine knoll? I mean, it's only described as being grassy, <laughs> which is. is a good thing to be if Big you're a knoll. for two people. Yeah, it's not a dirt-clawed knoll. <laughs> okay. The limousine carrying Kennedy was over 250 feet from the window of the school book depository at the time that Kennedy was fatally shot in the head. So that's a shot a Marine can make, right? I mean, yeah. It can. I mean, a, 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 an ape can sh fire that shot if lucky enough. Okay. <laughs> Those guns are effective at 300 yards, right? I, I guess, I suppose. <laughs> the, <laughs> the moment the shot took place, the limousine was passing a grassy knoll to the north of Elm Street. As the motorcade left Dealey Plaza, police officers and spectators ran up the grassy hill near the triple overpass where atop the knoll was a five-foot-high stockade fence separating the hill from the parking lot. It's a stockade fence, like like what they use for riot stopping and stuff like that? Yeah, it's like, I guess, so if uh, like somebody falls asleep at the wheel in this parking lot, they can't just barrel through a fence right. and topple down the hill. Okay. Uh -huh. So it's just like a cement fence, I guess. Uh, no sniper was found there. A bystander by the name of S.M. Holland claimed to have been watching the motorcade from the triple overpass and testified that immediately after the shots were fired, he saw a puff of smoke rising from the trees right behind the stockade fence and then ran around the corner where the overpass joined the fence but did not see anyone running from the area. Mm. Another eyewitness, Lee Bowers, who was in a railroad switch tower at the time of the shooting, had an unobstructed view of the rear of the stockade fence atop the grassy knoll. He claimed to have seen four men in the area between his tower and Elm Street, two of whom seemed to not know each other. The men were standing 10 to 15 feet apart from each other, which Either one or two of them appeared to be uniformed parking lot attendants. Hmm. He claimed that at the time of the shooting, he noticed something out of the ordinary, 
a sort of milling around which he could not identify. I'm just picturing each of these different CIA agents as dressed in their nondescript clothing, <laughs> and one is a biker. Yeah. One yeah. is a Native American. Yeah. <laughs> one is a immediately construction worker. Yes. Immediately what I thought. Too. Yes. <laughs> Come together like, for some wine. What are they here. doing? They're not milling around. They're going like making all shapes <laughs> with their hands. What is, yeah. is that Why Is that an M? Two years later, YMCA would be a number one hit. Right? <laughs> they were testing it out right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I got this great idea. We'll do this dance, <laughs> but we all get together. No one will ever think we killed the president. <laughs> so Bowers testified that one or both of the men were still there when motorcycle officer Clyde Haygood ran up to the knoll to the back of the fence. Bowers claimed to have heard three shots, the last two in quick succession, and did not believe they could have been from the same rifle. Hmm. Jesse Price was the building engineer for the Terminal Annex building, which was located across from the book depository. He viewed the motorcade from the Terminal Annex building's roof. In an interview, Price said that he believed the shots came from just behind the picket fence where it joins the triple underpass. Orville Nix, who filmed the motorcade, only captured the last few seconds of the shooting at an angle showing the grassy knoll in the background. The FBI obtained the film, analyzed it, and had it returned three days later. However, it was not the original copy of the film. Oh, snap. Oh, boy. Nix told investigators that he believed the shots came from behind the stockade fence on the grassy knoll. In 2015, Nix's granddaughter sued the U.S. government for $10 million for the return of the original film. Oh, snap. However, the lawsuit was dismissed uh, two years later. Good try, though. Yeah. <laughs> you tried to take on the U.S. government. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, what's all this about the third gunman in the Daltex building? What is it? Well, yeah, what is with all this in the yeah. third gunman in the Daltex building? According to L. Fletcher Prouty, the physical location of the innocent bystander, James Tigg, who was injured from the ricocheting bullet. Oh, Rem shit. Remember that guy? Yeah. I told you he was in on it. <laughs> no, he's not, he's not in on it. Nah, he is. It's too convenient to have gone like this little scrape. Right. I mean, oh, now no one's going to think it's, you know, who's going to think it was the guy who got, you know, ricocheted in the face? As possible. Answer me this. Was he dressed as a sailor? <laughs> he was the last guy. He was actually the Native American. Oh, yeah, okay. The indigenous person, I guess. And I think Native American still flies. If, if you're talking, if you're describing the YMCA member, I would say, because he's got the headdress and everything. I guess you could say First Nations. First or Nations. Or what? Native peoples is good. Yeah, good. I mean, I'm trying, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody gets mad at Native American. Okay. I might be wrong. Yeah, get mad at me for making fun of illiterate people, yeah. not for this. <laughs> <laughs> I think in general, whatever somebody tells you they want to be called. Just go with that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Well, he says that the bullet trajectory does not fit the uh, account from the sixth story of the book depository and more, more closely lines up with a missed shot taken from the second floor of the Dow Tex building. 
Does he have some like CGI lines and arrows? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you might be able to find some type of uh, line bullet thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. Imagine. I do not have that. Is <laughs> yeah. it's not very easily findable. Did the MythBusters ever cover this? <laughs> not the Dell Text Building. They only assumed the Warren report was right. Uh, you know guys. these guys. Cogs. <laughs> Cogs in the machine. <laughs> <laughs> According to FBI photographs. The presidential limousine show a bullet hole in the windshield above the rearview mirror and a crack in the windshield itself. When asked for an explanation, the FBI responded that what was thought to be a bullet hole happened prior to Dallas. In 1993, George Whitaker, a manager at the Ford Motor Company's Rogue plant in Detroit, told criminal justice professor Doug Weldon that after reporting to work on November 25th, 1963, he discovered the presidential, li- the presidential limousine in the plant's B building with its windshield removed. He claimed the windshield had a through-and-through through bullet hole from the front. He said he was directed by one of Ford's vice presidents to use the windshield as a template to fabricate a new windshield for installation in the limousine and was told to destroy the old one. And that was like right after the event? That was two days after the assassination. He sees this windshield in the Ford Motor Company and the guy's like, yeah, make a new windshield and then destroy that one. Uh, yeah, that's whatever you say. Yeah, <laughs> two days after the assassination. In 1992, a law passed called the President John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act. Basically, the act mandates that 25 years following the act, all documents relating to the assassination be made public, unless it harms foreign relations and all that nonsense. Redacted records were made public on October 26, 2017. The deadline for non-redacted records is scheduled to be made public on October 26, 2021. Oh. So we're going to find out all that stuff this year, probably? Yeah. We might have a have to do a Tristan's Hole when that comes oh about. Right? Goodness. This is what redacted be saying. <laughs> this we, is what they redacted. We have a date, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Will you finish these episodes before then? I will. Yeah. This should this should end in June. Okay. Um, and but this is supposed to come out when? What? The October twenty sixth. October twenty sixth. Yeah. And we'll have all the answers. We'll have well, assuming, assuming that they. I like how give it, it to us, and also like the wording. It's like we'll redact the stuff that doesn't really matter. Basically, mm-hmm. like stuff that doesn't hurt foreign relations, blah, 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 blah. You know, they can tuck whatever they want under that guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. So it's like, all right, we'll let you know some more shit, but not really. I mean, at this point, you might as well tell us if there's anything because. I mean, how are the American people going to take knowing or finding out that, yeah, he was assassinated by. Right? I mean, that would be some Z, shit. And, he, and if X, Y, and Z is our own government. Yeah. I think it's a good thing to know. I mean, it is it would be a very good thing for us to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people deserve to know. But, I mean, there are people that storm the Capitol, and uh, <laughs> I don't uh, want them to knowing about it, knowing about it so much. That's true. But 
I mean, we all deserve to know the truth. Yeah. And I feel like eventually it finds its way. Yeah. Uh, that's all the information I have for this episode. October. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this was mainly just talking about the, because we always hear people talk about the grassy knoll. Right. The gunman on the grassy knoll. And so that was all the real evidence that says, yeah, there were probably people on the grassy knoll. I mean, it also makes sense when you think about Lee Harvey Oswald, you got to assume he knew some like-minded people that wanted to kill the president. I mean, you know, or that say, they weren't they just going to leave it to one guy. Do they know much about him? You said they talked to his roommate. Like, was he a recluse? Like, did he have a lot of friends? Was he going out to meetings where they he were like... was. And, I mean, <laughs> that's why there's more episodes. Because there's a lot of evidence that point to other accomplices who they could be. I mean, that's why... So uh, they, he could still be tied to the whole thing. He could still be a gunman or have known about the plot. Or maybe was like a CIA yes. operative trying to stop it or something and yeah, got yeah. mixed up in it. Who knows? That's a cool movie. Like he like hears about the plot to assassinate. He goes to try to stop him. And, and he then, gets pinned for it. Yeah. Right. And then at the end, it's Morgan Freeman saying to him, you did exactly what we wanted you to. <laughs> right before he like is walked out and shot. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right before Jack Ruby gets him. Yeah. I would I would like to point out we have extremely little evidence of men on the grass, you know. Eyewitness testimony of smoke. Yes. And I we know a lot of people be smoking during this time. Right. I mean, like not a you know, you could tell the difference between a gunshot smoke and like a Cigarette smoke. I mean, all, all I'm saying is, don't make that much smoke. I but they like make a, one puff, and that's it. And that's and that's all they oh, saw. I they mean, didn't see like steady stream of smoke yeah, coming true. up in the he air. Didn't smell cigarettes. Yeah, I just feel like a puff of gun smoke is going to be pretty hard to see from wherever you are. I would agree, especially from a long range rifle like this. It's not going to be like a. It's not a musket. It's yeah. not like stuff and powder in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's possible. I mean, yeah. it, you, once you hear gunshots ring out, you're looking around and you're looking yeah. for anything, and then you see something yeah, from true. the direction of the grassy knoll. Maybe wisp of smoke. Maybe the smoke was actually a ghost being like, "Right here, guys, I'm trying to help you." <laughs> you um, yeah, are you guys any more convinced that uh, maybe Oswald didn't act alone? Maybe it's not exactly what the Warren report. I mean, I think we were concludes. already concluding that the Warren report was bullshit. <laughs> sure. So yeah. did this sway us even more that the Warren report was bullshit? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, you've got evidence that Oswald from like people in the FBI and CIA saying, no, we knew about this guy. We we. We got a fucking. I pay. I put. I signed checks over to him. Mm. You know, um, and people impersonating Oswald at these embassies. Maybe that's why he looks so cocky in his mug report. He's like, motherfucker, I'm CIA. They're not gonna fucking <laughs> do shit to me, bro. Yeah. They're gonna forget right. all about this. And then yeah, he gets murdered. yeah. He's like, oh, I'm gonna tell you the truth about this assassination, Area 51, fucking Roswell. Get get ready because I know all this information. Right? And then they shot him. Or maybe he doesn't know that much. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's like, just, I was just watching the movie. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> when I tell people that I was literally just sitting there, this is all going to be, 
Christmas and we water under the bridges. It's just a silly mistake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just wonder if he's not necessarily innocent, but not necessarily informed either. Like they were just like, be in this yeah. spot at this time and didn't explain to him why. Or, you know, I don't know, who knows. And it's also possible that he was like, yeah, I killed the president, but I also know who helped me. Yeah, like sure. I've got names out the ass. I can yeah. fucking, I can't wait to tell everybody. I just wonder if it could be just happenstance. Jack Ruby literally just wanted to kill him for the reasons that Jack Ruby told us he wanted to kill him. I mean, all of the, that's why the, a lot of people do believe the Warren report is because it's just like, well, yeah, it's possible. And it makes, <laughs> it makes sense. You yeah. know, like I always lead to the narrative that makes the most sense to me. And sure. International spy is harder for me to believe than yeah. I mean, rogue gunman. It's interesting because we have like actual people in said service. Oh, absolutely. And acknowledge that he was indeed. So it's like, how is that not a hard pill to swallow when people <laughs> in the agency are saying he yeah. was part of the agency? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It doesn't convince me. A few people. It's harder to have a few people than it is to have like the yes. government just be like shh, Colin. Shh. <laughs> no, okay, what I'm saying, Colin. like you've got a few people saying things. It's not like we have a record of him enlisted in the CIA or they, you know, like things like that. Because Maybe they destroyed be a file. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, it's like they had a file on this guy. Oh, he killed the president. Uh, shred that. Ah <laughs> sure. oh, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> we just we no, just no. destroyed that yeah. file. Ugh. <laughs> That's a my bad. It's like we have, one of, we have one of those shredders that shreds everything. We just threw the entire file cabinet in there. <laughs> Had you come to us yesterday, oh man, you've been reading file after file. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The fire you wield scares the being, but not enough to run away. It instead begins to weep. Aww. You make your way closer and begin to notice the outline of the creature. It is a large beast. The beast looks back at you and cowers at the flame. You bury the fire in the floor of the forest. Now, neither you nor the beast can see each other, but the two of you are relaxed, because though you cannot see each other, you can feel the warm aura each of you have. Oh. <laughs> That's all for this episode of High Mystery. They're soul bonded. Yeah. <laughs> we feel in each other's warm auras all night. It sounds like, stop, no. Don't touch, just aura. Just, <laughs> just aura. <laughs> Stay aura distance apart. <laughs> For High Mystery, I'm Robert. I'm Colin. I'm Tristan. Bye-bye, y'all. New episodes every Monday. Want more High Mystery? Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash highmystery for exclusive episodes every Friday. Merchandise can be found at our website at highmystery.com. Stay up to date by following us on Facebook and Instagram at highmystery for fan art, news, and upcoming events. Thanks for listening.